This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Chantel Rankin, Julian Kushnick producing the program this evening. And a big, big week of sports here in the tri-state area, as you would expect. Big show tonight because we got to tie all these loose ends into a nice, tidy bow here because we got two. I don't even know if three hours is going to be enough to get to it all, believe it or not. With everything that is going on right now, you got the Mets and the Yanks who are spinning out of control. But it's May 5th, so we're not going to push the panic button too much. Mets are going to take on the Rockies. Yankees already losing down in Tampa 1-0 thanks to a Randy Arozarena first inning home run off of Johnny Brito. So we'll keep tabs on both of those. We've got the rookies for both our football locals in action this weekend as they are experiencing life for the first time as a professional football player. Both teams holding rookie minicamps. We'll sneak in on the Giants a little bit later on tonight and get a report from what went on over in East Rutherford with our pal Jordan Renan. We got the hockey Devils game number two tonight in Carolina, trying to see if they can even up that best of seven at a game apiece after, what do you know, another 5-1 defeat that they had in game number one to the Carolina Hurricanes. Seemed to work out for them in the last round against the Rangers. Speaking of the Rangers, you know what? We're going to do a little post-mortem on the Blue Shirts and talk to our pal Dan Rosen of NHL.com. Where do the Rangers go from here? Make sense of what went on last round against the New Jersey Devils, why the Rangers still aren't playing hockey, all those things and more. So we'll talk to Dan about those. And, of course, though, our big story involves the New York Knickerbockers because finally the waiting is almost over. We are almost to tomorrow afternoon. 3 o'clock is when the coverage begins right here on 98.7 ESPN. Tip-off just after 3.30. Between the Knickerbockers and the Miami Heat, a game number three in what has become now best-of-five series. Series that the Heat have the home court advantage, given the fact that they stole game one. But you know what? The Knicks' task is to go down there and to do exactly what Miami did to them, get one of the next two games. And if you're a Knicks fan, I don't know how you don't look at that and think of it as really the realistic option for the next couple of days. It'd be great to get both, don't get me wrong, but you know what? Get one. Get tomorrow's game. And then you can start to get a little greedy come Monday night in game number four. But that doesn't happen if you don't take care of business tomorrow. And the good news is, for this basketball team, is that on the injury report, which is nice to see for a change, you don't see anything. Julius Randle's name, not on the injury report. Jalen Brunson's name, not on the injury report. Isn't that, for a novel concept, pretty cool? Because it just seems like there's always been something nagging with this team for the last, I don't know, weeks, month plus, right? Not having everybody fit as a fiddle, which is what you want this time of year when the games take on their greatest level of importance. Now, Miami, on the other hand, Jimmy Butler, he's listed as questionable, still with that ankle injury. Now, without having any concrete information, I'm pretty confident he's going to play, right? I can't see him sitting out two games in a row, and not just that, sitting out two games that were spaced about as far apart as you could possibly be, even for NBA playoff standards, where they have no druthers about scheduling the game, you know, one month and playing the next game in the next month. I mean, it's been ridiculous. Four days in between games here. It's not like these teams are walking from New York down to Miami to resume the series. But that's the NBA. A lot of it is motivated by TV. And, you know, they get their big Saturday afternoon game that are going to feature, you know, New York in the number one market against Miami. And let's have at it here. But it will finally show up. And the question is, is will the Knicks show up? Because this series, I think that one thing that has become painfully evident 
over the first two games is that this Miami team is not the same team that the Knicks just got done disposing of in round number one, right? I mean, Miami is a playoff-tested club. They've been to the Eastern Conference Finals two out of the last three years. You've got guys on this team that have made it through the playoff grind before, which is a stark cry from the Cleveland squad the Knicks just disposed of. That team, you cannot even measure even remotely the playoff experience of the Cavs versus the Miami Heat, and I think that we've seen that already in the first couple of games. This team is not going to just roll over when adversity strikes. I mean, look at what happened in game number two. And can you imagine, by the way, if the Knicks didn't escape that game the other night, if we were sitting here and saying to ourselves, geez, Knicks are going down to Miami 0-2. Are they going to be able to win four out of the next five? I, I don't know. It doesn't look very good. That's how important it was for them to take that game. And I understand that there's some people that were maybe disappointed, which I kind of got a chuckle at it, by the way. Like, it, it cracks me up that in the NBA playoffs, people are going to sit here and take exception as to how a team wins a game. Like, the Knicks only won by six points the other night and only had to come from behind in the last, you know, what, six minutes of the fourth quarter when they were trailing because you had other guys on that Miami Heat team step up and make shots. You know, the Caleb Martins of the world and the Gabe Vincents, even without Jimmy Butler, they still found a way to deliver when their team needed it the most. And the crazy part about it, like I was saying this, you know, after the game, you always just felt that Miami was going to have an answer, at least for three and a half quarters, right? It just seemed like, you know what, Jimmy Butler, it gave him extra motivation. Who says that we're not good enough? Who says the supporting cast can't get it done? They came this close to doing it. So I give the Knicks credit for winning the game. I don't care who was in uniform, who wasn't in uniform for the Miami Heat. Win at all costs. Randall going out there, not even attempting a shot in the fourth quarter, making plays to help this team win a game. Jalen Brunson bouncing back from a subpar game number one, making plays when his team needed it the most, 23 points in the second half, right? Josh Hart almost registering a triple-double for crying out loud, continuing to do the things that, you know, we've just grown accustomed to him doing as soon as he put on a Nick uniform. 22-10, and 10, by the way, the Knicks record since acquiring Josh Hart. Can you ask for anything more than that? Can you? You're winning two-thirds of your games since this guy's been a part of it? And you're talking about a guy who has now absolutely entrenched himself as not only one of the more popular players amongst the fan base, but probably one of the most important players that you have on this basketball team and a guy that they need to show up each and every night if this team wants to make it, let's say, to a conference final. Because I think it would be easy finishing out this Miami team. It's not. I would be stunned if the Knicks win the next three like they did against the Cleveland Cavaliers and win this series going away in five. It would be great if they did, but I don't know how confident you can be given the circumstances. And if you ask me right now, you know, one guy that needs to show up, one guy that needs to start making a little bit more of a contribution for this team the rest of the way, I, I, I think hands down, is Emmanuel Quickly, right? You're talking about a guy who was the runner-up this year for sixth man of the year. He was that instrumental for this team during the season. During the season, this is a guy that when he started games for you, remember when Jalen Brunson was injured, guy averaged 22 points a pop. 15-point-a-game guy regardless during the regular season. Playoffs, he's averaging eight and a half points a game. That is a big departure. I mean, you're talking seven, eight points right there. 
You know, I could count on one hand, maybe even one finger, the amount of good games that Quickly has had here in the playoffs. And that being said, they've still found a way to go out and make it to the second round and win a game here already without him getting in the groove. So imagine how much better this team would be in all facets if you get regular season Emmanuel Quickly. That, to me, is the missing piece right now. Like, I can't really take exception with too many other guys in this lineup right now. I mean, look. Mitchell Robinson is who Mitchell Robinson is. Quentin Grimes, I know he's not starting right now. Tibbs doesn't think he's, you know, healthy enough to go out there and play the 40 minutes plus or whatever he needs or, you know, 30 plus minutes as a starter with that shoulder. You know, it would be nice if he maybe got it going a little bit offensively, but he's still a young player. Isaiah Hartenstein loved his game the other night. He was the most important player off the bench. You know, Obi Toppin, when he gets an opportunity, generally speaking, he makes plays, but the other night he played 10 minutes. That was one of those games where he was out of sight, out of mind, as far as Tom Thibodeau was concerned. All the other guys, RJ continuing to do his thing. We talked about Hart, Brunson, Randall. I, I mean, you know what you're getting with this team, right? This is who this squad is. And it's curious, I'm going to be curious to see RJ Barrett, what he does for an encore here, because he's had a few really good games back-to-back. Dating back to the Cleveland series. But remember what R.J. Barrett, he had 19 points in the first half the other night, and then only five after halftime. And he wasn't on the floor at the end of the game in the final minutes during crunch time. Now, he said all the right things after the game. The coach tried to, you know, push it aside and not try to start any sort of controversy or something like that. But as a young player, you know, you could say all the right things, but what are you feeling within? How are you going to go out there next time out and possibly let it affect you? I don't think it will. And the reason that you keep an eye on him, though, is because his performance now, the last handful of games, you start to expect that this is something we need if we're going to be successful. They're paying him that way. Certainly the fan base is behind them to where they feel as if he's going to be that important for them. So Barrett has to deliver if the Knicks are going to go deep in this series and possibly move on to the conference finals. You got a game number three in that series, by the way, tonight between the Sixers and the Boston Celtics as the scene shifts down to Philly. That series knotted up at a game apiece. Remember, Boston bounced back in a big way in game number two, annihilated the Sixers, and now we'll see how they fare on their home floor. You got Denver and Phoenix a little bit later on tonight. No Chris Paul. Old man Chris Paul going to sit it out tonight. I mean, this thing could be over quick for the Suns. Um, this has got to be the night where they answer the call. Hey, you got Kevin Durant. You know, Kevin Durant wanted to be traded there. He thought it was a perfect situation. You had Booker. You had Paul. You had Aiton. Chance to win a championship. Well, this is why you wanted to go there, and this is why they wanted you. Go win a game tonight on home court. Don't get swept. Don't get embarrassed. Is that too much to ask? Mr. All-Time Great? Maybe, just maybe. We'll see about that, and we'll keep you monitored once those games get underway. 800-919-3776. That is our telephone number. Let's talk a little Knickerbocker basketball as we are now, what, less than 24 hours away from the resumption of this series down in Miami. Uh, we'll talk to Dan Rosen, NHL.com, coming up at 8 o'clock. Our good pal Justin Termini of NBA Radio will join me at 8.30 to talk a little Knicks and the rest of the NBA playoffs. Jordan Renan and the Giants in the 9 o'clock hour on big signing of Dexter Lawrence, rookie minicamp, where things stand with Saquon, and other New York Giant-related tidbits. And we want to hear from you as well. When we come back, though, we'll talk Knicks and specifically a rumor that was floated out on the airwaves today. 
involving the Knickerbockers and the future and potentially their interest in one of the marquee stars in the NBA. Interesting. Something to maybe chew on while you enjoy the Knicks in the playoffs about what could be lining up down the road. Hmm. Dan Gross's show. We're rolling till 10 tonight. Full three-hour vehicle on this Friday, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now, this is the only one that's going to be the full show. Last night was two hours. A couple of nights ago, we had one hour. But, you know, we still get some time together in the time that we thought we were going to be together quite frequently. And those days are going to be happening here soon because, you know, the Knicks season will eventually come to an end, whether that's in May or June. It's going to end, right? And we know that the Rangers season is over here, so there's going to be some more time for us, which is never a bad thing. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. And, of course, we'll be back with you again tomorrow morning. Quick turnaround for our usual Saturday morning show, 9 a.m., getting even closer to tip-off between the Knickerbockers and the Miami Heat, as well as all the other things that are happening in the world of sports. Before I get to that Knicks story, which I alluded to before we got to the break here, just you know, seeing what's happening around the uh, world of sports here. In Philadelphia tonight, you got the Red Sox and the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park. And I don't know if you've ever seen it in, in Philadelphia specifically, but it, it's kind of the case like in a lot of ballparks around the country. The way the bullpens are situated, you have fans that are literally like right on top of you. Like they can overhang there and they can look right down. And unfortunately, you know, you have some fans, depending on where you are, that they're going to yell things and say things to the opposing team and try to distract them and get in their head and get them off their game a little bit. So it's like that in Philadelphia. And apparently there was a fan that fell over the railing into the Red Sox bullpen. Yeah, so the game is delayed. You know, they have the stretcher out there. I don't know what condition he's in. I don't know how it happened. They don't have it on replay, but, you know, they're being tended to right now. And you hope that everything is all right there, but kind of um, kind of not what you're used to seeing, as a matter of fact. But, hey, it, it happened nonetheless. And, look, that's the danger when you build these ballparks the way you do. And if you have the fans in such a close proximity to certain areas of the ballpark like the bullpen. I'm su- look, I'm surprised that fans haven't just, like, jumped and gotten into bullpens and, you know, especially when alcohol intervenes. And then you have one of these, like, crazy scenarios that takes place. I'm surprised that that doesn't happen, like, once a year, maybe even twice a year. So we'll see what happens. If we get any update, we'll uh, let you know about the situation there in Philadelphia. Now, before we went to the break, I referenced a report that came out earlier today. And it got a lot of waves, as you would expect. Brian Windhorst, who does a great job covering the NBA, right? He's well-sourced. He's been around. And remember last summer, his whole diatribe about the Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell and with the hands in the air, and he looked kind of like a wizard, like he was sitting there trying to project like what was going to happen next and look into the crystal ball. And he was spot on because Donovan Mitchell ultimately – Ended up getting traded. Didn't go to New York. He ended up going to Cleveland. But, you know, he was right. Got moved. So, Wendy was on Get Up or or First Take earlier today with Stephen A. And the subject of Giannis and Tenencupo came up. You know, they were talking about the Bucs because, remember, last night I thought in a very cold-hearted manner 
Milwaukee decided to part ways with their head coach, Mike Budenholzer, which I thought was unfair after everything that he's accomplished, despite the fact they got bounced in round one. I mean, that's going to happen. You know, considering the fact that, you know, Coach Bud was dealing with some personal stuff off the court, too. He lost a brother in a, in a fatal car accident during that series. Like, they couldn't have waited a couple of more weeks to let that blow over a little bit before they decide to move on. I mean, I, I don't think Miami, or excuse me, I don't think Milwaukee would have had a hard time finding a new head coach, especially somebody that would have jumped at the opportunity to coach somebody like Giannis and Tenenkupo, right? I, I, I don't think that they would have had to put out a one ad in the newspaper to find a new head coach for their team, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, so Wendy goes on first take today and has this to say about not just the New York Knickerbockers, but a certain player by the name of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Take a listen. Is Giannis going to extend? I don't know. And that uncertainty is what the league is watching right now. The New York Knicks, for example, they got 97% of their attention on the Miami Heat, 3% of their attention on Milwaukee. What's going on over there? Interesting. Like I said, when Wendy speaks, we should listen. Because he was spot on last year about the Donovan Mitchell stuff. All right, let, let's, let's play Connect the Dots for a second. Okay, let's examine the likelihood or the possibility that this could actually come true here. Now, first question is, what's the contract situation for, for Giannis? Well, he's got two more seasons under contract, plus a player option. So technically, he's tied to Milwaukee if he wants. I mean, if you want to, like, stretch it out for three more years. But he's also up for a contract extension in the month of September. So this thing could happen, like, soon. I mean, if, if Milwaukee has the financial wherewithal, and if they want to do right by the guy, they can get this thing done in just a few months. Now, I don't think we're going to have to set up a GoFundMe page for Giannis anytime soon. He's already made, like, $150 million already in NBA money. And next year, he's due $45.6 million. Year after that, he's due $48.7 million. So he's not going to go hungry. He's not going to be missing any meals. Nor his loved ones, nor his extended family, his friends, the entire country agrees for that matter, if they choose to. Okay, so we have that. But what happens if Giannis and his reps decide to go to Milwaukee sometime this summer and they say, hey, man, our guy can get extended in September. We've seen so many other superstars around the NBA get paid, get their money. And, yeah, I know we signed a contract a little while ago, but I think he's due for a raise. Because the guy's got a couple of MVP trophies. He's got a championship. Guy's already a final, you know, he's a finalist for the MVP. It seems like each and every season that he plays, let's get something done. Take care of your guy. Now, there's also reports that Giannis is sitting there and watching how Milwaukee handles their business this summer with some of the other players on their team, i.e. Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton. Those guys are free agents. Now, could Giannis ever be faced with a situation to where if one or both of those guys are not retained by the team because they don't want to have to veer into luxury tax and writing out these huge hundred-plus million-dollar deals or whatever they're going to be spending on these contracts, and if they let those guys walk, is that going to ruffle Giannis's feathers enough to where he's maybe not going to want to play for this team again? I, I, I don't know that. I don't know how close he is to these guys. You know, Brooke Lopez, God bless him. He's had a great career, became an NBA champion. But if Brooke Lopez walks, is that enough for Giannis to say, I don't want to be a member of the Milwaukee Bucks any longer? The guy who's the face of the franchise, right, who's built an identity, who's built a home playing for that team, is that enough to be a tipping point for him? Same goes for Chris Middleton, you know, who's a nice player and all these guys won championships together. But really, 
Now, on top of all of these things, Mark Lazary, who was one of the former co-owners of the team, he sold out in February. And the report was is that he kind of saw a little bit of gloom and doom in the future potentially for this team, not just with the pending free agents that they had, but potentially when the time came for Giannis to want to get a new contract and to get a raise, maybe he didn't want to have to be the guy who would have to write that big check. And maybe it was going to be in financial territory to where Milwaukee didn't want to go. Remember, it's still Milwaukee. You know, it's not New York. Still a small market. And despite the fact that Giannis is a great player and he's one of the best in the NBA, there are some teams that might decide, but you know what? That is a lot of money. And a lot of owners, sometimes they just look at it in dollars and cents, and they don't look at it in basketball terms. Some of them might look at it as, geez, look at what just happened to us, right? We lost in the first round, and we had Giannis on our team. We had these other guys on our team. We won how many games in the regular season, but it just wasn't good enough. So you can have that good of a year, and it still might not net you anything when it's all said and done. And that's why the Bucs are looking for a new head coach, even though I think that that was the wrong decision. And that's why they don't have any games this weekend, because their season is over. Giannis was one of those guys to me that I thought was kind of an outlier. In an era where so many players are looking to chase championships and chase rings and wanting to go elsewhere because they're tired of their current situation, you know, Giannis could have easily just up and went and said, I'm not re-signing with Milwaukee, and he could have went and signed someplace else, joined up with other superstars. But he decided to stick it out with Milwaukee, signed the extension. Now, look, the kind of money they put in front of him, I mean, it's not like he's crying poor. That was a pretty big incentive, too. You know, and they brought in Drew Holiday, for example, and – that was kind of like the missing piece. They finally got over the hump, and they won a championship. But the fact that Windhorst is reporting that the Knicks are kind of keeping an eye on this whole thing, that's intriguing, right? Because I think when you look at this Knicks ball club, you have to be a little bit honest with yourself and say it's not a championship club. It's a nice team, but it's not good enough to win a title right now because they don't have that number one guy. Julius Randle's a nice player. He's an all-star player. He ain't a number one. Jalen Brunson, a revelation, not a number one. Giannis is a number one. Giannis is, you know, a dude. Giannis is the guy who immediately goes to the top of the food chain if he's on your team. He's your go-to guy. And everybody else falls in line. Don't worry about what it's going to cost you. Right? Don't worry about what you have to give up. Don't worry about all these other things. You mean to tell me that... If Milwaukee came to the Knicks with a trade proposition for Giannis and Tenenkupo that you don't do it, you think about how popular, like, look at what the last two weeks have been like for Aaron Rodgers since he became a Jet. And they haven't even played a game yet. And look at how popular this guy is. He's the toast of the town. Imagine what would happen if Giannis and Tenenkupo was ever playing in this city. And I'm not talking about Brooklyn. I'm talking about Madison Square Garden. I'm talking about the Knicks. I still think that it's a far, far thing down the road from it ever becoming a possibility. Maybe something that'll pick up a little bit more steam once we get to the summer. But for right now, the fact that this thing is being even mentioned, hey, I'm all in. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Forget about Donovan Mitchell and not being able to go get him. That would be nothing compared to this. This would be a slam dunk, no pun intended.
the Greek freak in NYC. Where do I sign? Dan Gross' show, we roll till 10 on this Friday, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. At least so far. 4 nothing Rays in the fourth inning as uh, they're hitting Johnny Brito pretty darn good so far. Two have already left the yard. Randy Rosarena, Yandy Diaz, and the hits just keep on coming here, so... Another tough go of it for the Bombers. Mets, on the other hand, just underway. Second inning scoreless against the Colorado Rockies. Talking Knicks, Knicks Heat, Knicks Giannis rumors. That was an interesting one floated out there today. Let's start it off with Gabe in Manhattan. He's in about lead off for us here on 9870 ESPN. What's up, Gabe? How are you? Hey, how you doing? What's up, Gabe? Thanks for taking my thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to uh so how how Giannis is twenty eight. How how much longer? When do you think this is going to happen? This uh, possible possible trade acquisition. Well, if if you tie the money into it, right, because he's eligible for the extension coming up in September, you would have to think that sometime over the next year or so, if he's going to be moved, because Milwaukee realizes if they get word from him that he doesn't want to be there anymore, the longer that he's still under control, the more you're going to be able to get for him. Yeah, so that's my – so this is just like as a uh, 30-year-old Knicks fan, you know, when I was a diehard when I was 20, you know you know what we gave up to get at the, the – obviously it doesn't compare to Giannis, but Melo at the time was the superstar that we got. We got to the playoffs a few years. We didn't really get anywhere. Do you see, do you see us really getting that far with Giannis and basically no one around him? Because we'd have to give up. Being, I know you said not to worry about who to give up, but – right. How far do you see us going with just Giannis? Well, I, I mean, look, think about how well Milwaukee did or how well Milwaukee has done with, look, I, I mean, Chris Middleton is a nice player. He's an all-star. Drew Holiday is a nice player. But even before Drew Holiday got there, Milwaukee was, you know, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference on a year-in, year-out basis. You know what I mean? I don't think that the Knicks would do anything to completely, you know, rid their cupboard to the point where they have nothing left. So I think they'd be wise and they would be judicious with it, just like they were with Donovan Mitchell to where they didn't want to pay too heavy of a price. It's still a move that you have to consider. Like, for instance, like I was all in on Donovan Mitchell, right, Gabe? But this would yeah. be I mean, th- th- this would be head and shoulders better than yeah. anything so that you, Donovan Mitchell could provide. If you can keep a guy, if you can keep at least like an RJ or, a, you know, a Brunson maybe or like, uh, quickly grinds like a few of these guys. You have to keep. Oh, at you'd least have a to. Few of them. You'd yeah. have to, because you know what, Leon Rose and, and Gabe. Thanks for the phone call. Leon Rose would hang up the phone if they wanted literally like the keys to the entire you know operation of Madison Square Garden. Knicks aren't going to do that. They didn't do that for Donovan Mitchell. And even though Giannis is a superior player, they're still not going to do something that's going to set this franchise back. You can't do that. You know, I'm sure that. If you're a team like Milwaukee in this situation and you're, pri- you're going to part ways with a prized asset like this, A, you're going to try to look for young talent, which is, you know, controllable, if you will. So who are going to be the first names? It's going to be, you know, R.J. Barrett. It's going to be Quentin Grimes. It's going to be Obi Toppin, probably. Hell, even Emmanuel, whatever, the guys like that. But you know that Brunson is not going to be someone that would be impacted. Randall's not going to be somebody that's impacted because those are veteran guys and guys already making their money. It would probably have to be on that, you know, younger side, you know, 
after what a so-called big three would represent in a club. Guys like that. Complementary players, role players, not your stars. And if you're going to lose R.J. Barrett, for example, well, I think that Giannis more than makes up for him by sticking him into a big three. Look, it's still way, way, way premature to speculate about something like this maybe happening, but Winhorst is a guy, based on his reputation, when he says these type of things, all right, he's hearing it in more than one place. It's not just, you know, he spoke to a guy that he knows that he, used to, he goes back 20 years with, you know, that, that started out as a grunt in the Milwaukee Bucks organization making copies, and they caught up the other day at a playoff game. And he's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing good. Hey, you know, Giannis might get traded. Oh, really? No. There's probably wind of this circulating around the NBA. And if it's the talk of the league, then I'm sure there's a little bit more spoke to this. And like we said a little bit earlier, there are a lot of things that have happened behind the scenes. You know, like the owner possibly selling out and not want to be a part of the organization anymore because he sees, you know, these type of difficult decisions potentially ahead for the franchise. You know, the, the example that Winhorst used, it wasn't in the clip that we played, but the example he used was LeBron James when he left Cleveland. Right? When LeBron James left Cleveland, there was no turning back. And it was unsalvageable as to what happened with that team. You know, once upon a time, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he left the Milwaukee Bucks all those years ago. And think of how long it took for Milwaukee to get back to the top of the mountain. Decades. Decades, decades, decades. Same thing might happen again here if they move on from Giannis. And like I said, you almost, if you take a step back and you look at it from an NBA, like, league-wide perspective, guys like Giannis, you want to spend their entire career in one place, that identity. Because what are the, if Giannis walks out the door in Milwaukee, like what do they become as a franchise? They become nothing. They become absolute, like not even, calling them an afterthought is being complimentary. It's like the Cleveland Cavaliers when LeBron wasn't there, right? The fact that Anthony Davis didn't want any part of the New Orleans Pelicans and didn't want to re-sign with them and told the franchise, hey, guys, I'm not signing with you, so you better trade me someplace. You hate seeing that stuff. These are potentially, you know, transformative generational players that these organizations somehow stumbled into because they won a lottery. Well, in New Orleans' case, they won a lottery and they got Anthony Davis, you know. But, you know, players that you draft, like when Milwaukee drafted Giannis, he was a skinny kid from Greece Nobody knew what the hell he would become. They had hoped, and it was the best-case scenario. And now they got a champion, an icon, MVP multiple times over, and now they might have to part ways with him? Victor in New Jersey up next here on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Vic? How you doing? What's going on, man? Uh, Love the show. Good times. I'm a huge Knicks fan and a big Giannis fan. I'm Greek. Mm -hmm. He's Greek. Big Greek community in New York, so that's a big draw for him to come here and the Knicks have the right pieces I believe to win with him and we can give up first round draft picks that we have we can give up OB Toppin we can give up uh, IQ I I think we have a shot to get him I really do well from his stand and look he's obviously not spoken anything about this because this is all kind of just being floated out there today. But if you were to ask somebody like him, given his personality, and now he just seems to fit in anywhere, he would be a megastar in this city. 
megastar. He he could potentially own the city. Own it. And imagine he wins here. That he will be a god. Anybody that wins here would be a god, Victor, especially especially if you're the guy to do it with a franchise that hasn't won in forever, like the Knicks, like we've talked about with Aaron Rodgers potentially here with the Jets, it's the same type of scenario. I, I agree with you a thousand percent. Look, I'm all for it, but we're still a long ways from this thing even becoming reality. You know what I mean? Exactly. I agree with you 100 percent. But you know Thank what? Thank you for having me on. Great show. Vic, I appreciate it. You get back to us. Here's the thing. You know what? Victor could call me back in July or August. And remember, that's like two, three months down the road. We could know a little bit more because that September deadline is real. And that's not really a deadline. That's September marker to where you can pay the guy and give him his extension. That's legit. Like, that's something that's not going to move. And I don't know if he's going to be the guy because we haven't heard any rumblings about this. Like, I don't know if him or the agent are going to go to Milwaukee on September the 1st or whatever day it is and say, hey, guys, pay up. Pay up or trade him. Because it is interesting, don't you think, that September, basically on the eve of training camp, that would be a tough blow for the franchise that if it happens like right before the start of the season, for them to have to make a potentially franchise-altering decision involving like the biggest star they've ever had. I would probably be inclined to think that that type of conversation will probably the groundwork would be laid a little bit sooner, you know, earlier in the summer for some like big splashy move. Boy, it's been an interesting week for the Bucks, huh? You bag the co- you, you lose in the first round, shockingly. You bag your head coach, and now you're sitting there having to deal with rumors potentially about Giannis maybe being an ex-Buck. Wow. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Just some of the questions we'll pose a little bit later on in the show to Justin Termini when he joins us from NBA Radio. When we come back, a lot was made a couple of days ago with Brian Cashman and his little impromptu State of the Union for the New York Yankees and his don't-count-us-out declaration. Well, Billy Epler, the Met GM, kind of gave his own State of the Baseball team in Queens and where things stand with them. We'll share with you what he said. Dan Gross' show, we roll till 10 on this Friday, 98.7 ESPN.